From the ACLU, this is At Liberty. I'm Kendall Seesmeyer, your host. On Friday, April 7th, the Tennessee state legislature voted to expel two out of the three state representatives, Representatives Justin Pearson and Justin Jones, who protested on the chamber floor in the wake of a mass shooting that killed six people, including three nine-year-old children. Now, their expulsion was an unprecedented move, completely disregarding typical norms of democracy and also the will of voters. No Tennessee House member has ever been removed from elected office for simply violating decorum rules. This week, both Representative Pearson and Jones were reinstated to their elected seats in the state house. But the damage has been done. Here to unpack all that has happened in Tennessee this week is Jeff Prepti, a staff attorney at the ACLU of Tennessee. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Wish it was under better circumstances, but glad to be here. So the nation has been watching Tennessee this week after the state legislature decided to expel two out of the three state representatives for protesting on the chamber floor in the wake of a mass shooting that killed six people, including three nine-year-old children. Everything has happened at breakneck speed, but can you catch us up on the latest? Yeah, so essentially um, on Monday evening, the Nashville Metropolitan Council held a special session in which they chose to um, appoint an interim representative to the District 52 State House seat, which was the seat um, occupied by Justin Jones. Um, and by unanimous consent, they suspended the rules um, and unanimously voted to reappoint Justin Jones to his House District seat. And then just today, Wednesday, uh, the, essentially the exact same thing happened in Shelby County, Tennessee. The Sh- Shelby County Commission voted unanimously to suspend their rules and to reappoint uh, Justin Pearson to his state house seat as well. Okay, so they are back in the state house. That's correct. They're both officially. Is that where we're at? So Justin Jones uh, was sworn in Monday directly after his reappointment. So the way that process works is essentially um, after reappointments, they have to take the minutes of the uh, county commission meeting to the clerk of the house. Um, and after the minutes are officially delivered to the clerk of the house is when they are act- able to be sworn in. Um, so Justin Jones, as of right now, has already been sworn in. And right now it is uh, Wednesday, April 12th at 830. The minutes for uh, uh, Justin Pearson's appointment has been delivered to the clerk of the house and he'll be sworn in at 8 30 tomorrow morning. Wow. So this incident has captured the attention of the country um, and really mobilized voters in Tennessee as residents protested the expulsions. We know that what happened in Tennessee is a threat to democracy for all of us. Um, I have so many questions, but I want to start by asking, why does this move set such a dangerous precedent that we should all be taking note of? Well, this has been an incredibly drastic step taken by the Tennessee State Legislature. Expulsion of a member from either the House or the Senate generally coincides with the actual commission of a crime, an indictment, or an actual plea or a finding of guilt. What has happened here was that essentially uh, House leadership was upset at the way in which these 
three representatives uh, sought to exercise their right to represent the voices of their community. And so they took an extraordinary measure that was incredibly undemocratic and essentially, in the interim, silenced the voices of thousands of Tennesseans. And what's even more concerning is that the voices that they silenced in this moment are majority minority. Um, so, so it calls into question not only just issues of it being unprecedented um, and undemocratic, but also calls into question um, the fact that historically Tennessee is a state where the Ku Klux Klan was founded, and yet we are continuing to silence the voices of those who have continually been marginalized throughout history. It, it causes great concern um, on a constitutional and a democratic level. Exactly. And I want to get more into the consideration of race, because I think that there's no doubt that that's at play here. But you mentioned that usually expulsions happen under, you know, convictions, but no Tennessee House member has actually ever been removed from elected office for violating decorum rules, which is what we saw here. I wonder, like, you know, thinking about this from a democratic perspective, like we live in a, de a representative democracy. This is not how a representative democracy should function. We've seen a lot of different things across the country, a wave, if you will, of this subversion of democracy or even a silencing of dissent. How do you feel like this fits into the the kind of long line of of different events that have happened across the country when it comes to threatening our democracy. Yeah, so unfortunately, I think what we saw last week out of the state house is exactly as you stated, a continuation of that legacy of silencing dissent. And that's something that has not been missing here in the state of Tennessee or, or truly throughout the South. Um, there's a saying that says, as goes the South, so goes the nation. And I think that we're, we're definitely seeing that in, in that the fact that minority voices and voices of dissent, have, whether it's here in Tennessee, Florida, across the South, have habitually and systemically been silenced. Um, and, and we're seeing that across the nation. And so it truly is a, a systemic problem that is deep-rooted within the culture of the Tennessee General Assembly. That's really hard. And, it, and, you know, obviously, we mentioned that the two people who faced expulsion were black men, but they also were black men who've been community activists. And I'm, I'm wondering how you think not just their race, but they're also their political history and backgrounds factored into this decision. Yeah, I mean, Justin Jones has been a, a prolific voice for the community. Mm. He's been an, an amazing community leader. And um, in the wake of a lot of the protests that we saw after Ahmaud Aubrey and George Floyd, he was one of the primary leaders here in Nashville leading protests for some 60 plus days outside of the state legislature. With Justin Pearson, he led uh, a lot of the community efforts against the uh, Bahalia Pipeline in Shelby County and Memphis. So these have been very prolific public figures who have sought to elevate the voices of their community, whether or not they were in elected office. Um, and unfortunately, through uh, their efforts, they have had a target placed on their back. But luckily, what we are seeing is one that the leaders that, that we have here in the state of Tennessee are truly amazing individuals who are not quitting 
who are not backing down. What we've seen and, and what I've personally seen with their appointments to their elected House seats is not only a restoration of democracy, but they're seeking to progress democracy. Because with their reappointments, we're kind of back at square one. But what these leaders are seeking to do is not only just restore democracy, but continue the arc of history to progress democracy towards justice. Yeah, and I think that's exactly why this retaliation feels so troubling. I wonder what you think that this kind of retaliation says about the vulnerability of our ability to express dissent in politics and government and our ability to protest things that we don't believe in, our ability to share our perspectives. What do you think the ramifications of all of this will be? Luckily, I believe firmly in our constitutional protections. The most basic principles within our democracy are a First Amendment rights to peaceably assemble and petition your government for redress um, and towards freedom of speech. And I think that there is an important role to play for all of us for ACLU to support those efforts and, and to stand by our community leaders and to support our community leaders and really provide as many resources as we possibly can um, to, to protect those fundamental constitutional protections. I think that what we have seen is an attempt to erode those protections. But what we are seeing both Monday and today and what we'll see tomorrow morning or this morning for folks who are listening is that people and their voices being elevated are not going to allow them to be eroded. Something that that was very powerful that was said um, this afternoon at the uh, Shelby County Commission meeting was that, but for the election of formal of, of people who are descendants of formerly enslaved people, that this restoration would not have happened. And so it truly does take these communities elevating their voices, even in the face of an attempted erosion of our most basic constitutional principles. They exercised their right and they were heard and helped to restore and progress our most basic democratic principles of representation. Absolutely. Wow. I'm so glad that you shared that with us. To that end, another important piece of this conversation are the racial demographics of the people targeted and affected by the expulsion. Expelling these two Black representatives left over 136,000 constituents without representation, most of whom are people of color. Justin Jones noted this in his speech defending himself during this hearing, but this move also taps into America's long history, to your point, of disenfranchising and disregarding Black voters. How are you thinking about this as a voting rights issue? And, you know, can the state legislature consider itself a representative democracy in the wake of these kinds of actions? I mean, Kendall, you hit the nail on the head that this truly is a voting rights issue. Both Justin Pearson and Justin Jones were duly elected by their communities. They were representing their communities on the House floor, and their reappointments demonstrate that they were representing their communities. And the actions of the General Assembly in voting to expel these two representatives directly 
sought to silence and disenfranchise those votes. Mm-hmm. So it, it definitely is something that is concerning on a voting rights level, because as I stated, they were duly elected. They had the mandates of their districts and of their community, which has been reiterated by their reappointment. And so it does raise serious both state and federal constitutional concerns as far as the voting rights of their constituents. A Black resident of the suburban Antioch neighborhood said to NBC that this move made her feel that her vote didn't matter. Another, Angelo Tate, said it makes us feel like our choice and our voice is not valued, and we seem to be moving backwards politically. I mean, reading those quotes from voters themselves is, it's, you know, I think so much of our work and what we're trying to do at the ACLU is to ensure that people's vote counts and that people know that their vote matters. And when things like this happen, especially to the scale with which, you know, this was reported and covered, which thank goodness it was, it really does have this effect where it's it's chipping away at, at the public's belief in the institution of government and their ability to make a difference. So it definitely has these like, not only was it hard for the representatives themselves, because it was obviously excruciatingly painful for them to go through this, it's also having these ripple effects in the broader community. Um, And I would even argue the ripple effects across the country. You know, I wonder what you make of this yourself as someone who's been in Tennessee and who's been doing this work, how have you processed what you've seen happen in the last couple of weeks? I'll start by saying that I'm a Tennessee native. I was born and raised in East Tennessee in Bristol, which is right on the border of Tennessee and Virginia. Since a really young age, since high school, I've been paying close attention to state politics here. Never in my 30 years have I seen anything like this in the state of Tennessee? I was there on Thursday all day at the Capitol when the expulsion votes were conducted. I was in the rotunda with the massive amounts of protesters that were there. I was in the gallery listening to the speeches of Representative Jones and Representative Pearson. When those vote tallies came down, it was a gut punch doesn't even do it justice. It was demoralizing, not only as a Tennessee resident, not only as a person who believes in our institutional safeguards and and who believes in Tennessee as a voter, as a member of of the community, as an African-American in the South. It was heartbreaking. There was a moment where after the vote for expulsion was had uh, with Representative Pearson, I was standing with Representative Jones and with, with somebody else and just embracing them, trying to provide some some form of comfort in that moment where we felt as if no matter what is done, no matter how righteous our leaders are, no matter how much they have worked to bring the voices of their communities to the state legislature, that they are hated for it that our community's voices were silenced. But what I have seen in the wake of this 
is the resilience of these two community leaders who are truly taking the charge on restoring and progressing the most basic democratic principles here in Tennessee and here in the South. So it's it's been somber and sobering, but I personally feel as if this is truly a watershed moment for democracy in the South, that there is a rejuvenated focus on ensuring that not only in the communities here in Nashville and Shelby County, but across the state, that we elevate those community leaders and those community organizations who are fighting to ensure that there is adequate representation for a diversity of voices that are multiracial and multigenerational across the state. There are so many community organizations that are working in Nashville, in Memphis, and across the state that are doing amazing work to protect our democratic principles. Yeah, very much so. To the larger picture and the larger point, you know, we have Senator Warnock and Senator Schumer now uh, leading a call to Attorney General Merrick Garland to investigate the expulsion of Representative Jones and Pearson from the Tennessee General Assembly, determine whether or not the U.S. Constitution or federal civil rights laws were violated. What were your thoughts when you saw this update? Yeah, so I uh, I saw this update truly moments after late breaking. Yeah, moments after um, after Representative Pearson was uh, unanimous, unanimously appointed by the Shelby County Commission. Um, in my opinion, I think it is fully appropriate um, for federal authorities to examine um, the potential of any constitutional violations. Because, like I said, this entire episode has been incredibly concerning and does raise serious concerns as to the constitutional implications um, for not only for these representatives, but for the communities that they represent. Totally. Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, it, it gives us a lot of concern at the ACLU that's, that these events transpired. And I think that it's good that the country is watching and watching closely. The other thing to watch out for is that both uh, Representative Pearson and Representative Jones, due to their expulsion, will have to engage in a special election. So it's not done yet. It's not over for them. There are still more hurdles to cross, if you will. What can you tell us about the special election and the timing of it? And what should we be watching for? Yeah, so according to the Tennessee uh, state constitution and uh, uh, the Tennessee code, uh, whenever a seat is vacated within the General Assembly, uh, the governor is required to issue a writ of election, um, simply calling for a special election. The Tennessee code states specifically that when the governor issues a writ, the special elections, the the primary and those special elections shall be held within uh, no less than 55 days and no greater than 60 days from the issuance of that writ. So currently in Tennessee, this year um, on August 3rd, we'll be having municipal elections. So here in Nashville, that means that we'll be having elections for the uh, Metro Council as well as as the mayor. So conventional wisdom states that 
generally whenever there are those municipal elections being had, that for a state elected position, the uh, primary will be held on that August 3rd date and the general election will be held uh, later in November. So essentially what it looks like is going to happen is that Governor Lee will uh, issue a writ of election calling for a primary um, in Davidson and Shelby County within those respective uh, House districts for that August primary date and then calling for the general election and the special elections in November. Awesome. Thank you so much for that update. That's helpful information for people to know. My last question for you is, what are you hoping that the rest of the country learns from Tennessee in this moment? There are a couple of things that that I hope people see here, is that no matter the difficulties, the struggles, and the opposition that communities will face, that there truly is power in the voices of communities in unison, calling to ensure that they are adequately represented, that there is still a route for protecting Mm -hmm. your most basic constitutional rights to representation and to your First Amendment rights to free speech, to peaceably assemble. I think that truly this is a watershed moment for our democracy and that there is momentum to be had going forward not only in restoring democratic principles, but progressing them. And I think that it is truly going to be a multiracial, multigenerational effort. So I'm hoping that people are galvanized Mm -hmm. and continue to believe in our most basic constitutional principles and institutions. Because even through the efforts of of those who seek to erode those principles, there is power in the community. We saw that for sure. We absolutely saw that. I, I can't imagine that it didn't matter that people showed up and put their weight behind their representatives. And that gives me a lot of hope as well. So... Jeff, thank you so much for joining. Really, really appreciate. I know you've been pulling some long hours these past couple of weeks, but we really, really appreciate you coming and giving us an update about what's been going on in Tennessee. Thank you all. I appreciate you all taking the time to talk to me. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to At Liberty wherever you get your podcasts and rate and review the show. We really appreciate the feedback. Until next week, stay strong.